Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. heartbeat of this series is to reshape a yes, to make it exciting and inviting that God God wants your involvement. He's not forcing. He wants your signature, and he's patient. He's gentle, but too often, I think how we've associated God is with the thought that he's like, say yes. You're like, yes, if I have to, you know, yes, and it's all this rules and and. and fear and that we're, we're feel like we're forced to say yes. And then what happens is, is with that, we get disconnected from what God really wants for us, which is himself. And that's where we're most free. And we start to say yes to all the wrong things. And we never really recognize the adventure that God has for us. Now, the adventure that God has for us for sure requires us to lose our lives. And when we do that, though, we find life. When we give up whatever desire we have, but we recognize that he's first place, second, third, fourth. You know, people say, well, God first, you know, his family second. It's like, no, no, it's, it's Jesus, 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 Jesus. In fact, if you love anything more than me, it's, it's like hating God. And, and, and that's it's really hard to understand. But when you recognize his love in comparison to everything compared to him, it, I hate it. But then when I recognize my connection, ooh, I have now true proper love for what he's given me. One, that I'm letting him love me, but two, that I'm loving my family. Three, the, the, my friends and the environment I'm in, and it's just this beautiful adventure as it reshapes that he wants me to be a part of what he's doing. We, when we were in Florida, we had some friends that bought us tickets to go to Disney World. We got a picture here. We went to Disney. We did it. We had uh, several friends that helped us. We decided to take a picture with the family because we felt like that would be a monumental moment that we should capture, at least in front of this you know, castle and whatever, and we got to get this thing, and we're by the end of it, and, and I think the, the best that's the, the, you see the smiles, but really, what, really, this picture tells a million words, a uh, million stories, right? Because you have Kingston sleeping. <laughs> you have Giselle showing that she's as beautiful as all get out, but she already knows how to pose. What is she doing? Like, girl, like, like slow down. And then you have Jerome and Justice. Either they really love the calves or their parents won't buy them the Lakers LeBron uh, shirt. And then you have Jerome and Crystal, you know, perfect duo. We got these little fab five pins and we just compliment each other. Here we are. It was a great, great moment. But you know, when we told our kids we're going to Disney World, what did they say? Yes! <laughs> they were like, yeah! You know what I mean? They were so excited. But I told you, you got to go to church today. It's like, Duh! you know, <laughs> got to serve God. Yeah, I know. You know, I really should. No, it's like, it, it, it's a big yes today. And God is saying yes for you. He's enthusiastic. He's emotional. In fact, one of the, even though understanding is of the word of love, is there's this erogenous, okay? I'm going to keep this above the heads of the kids. But there's this affection, a romantic, passionate, erogenous love that God has aroused for us. He's, a, he's in pursuing us. 
I know it makes some of us uncomfortable, but get that, that's the type of love that is you understand the word love has many layers in it when it talks about his, God's love for his kids. Sometimes he loves us so much he disciplines us, but he runs and he leaves the comfort of heaven to come down and find us in our weakest place. That is an amazing yes. So some specifics where we're going is the idea that we handed out thousands of cards that said you're loved, you belong, you have purpose, that there is a family they can be connected to, they belong, that every person has giftings in this place that God wants to utilize. And throughout this whole series, we're gonna eventually ask you to say yes, to say yes to the team in some capacity. Now, if, if you don't, if you aren't compelled to, then by all means, stay. <laughs> but we want you to know that everyone can play in the body of Christ. Everyone has a role. Everyone plays. There's no superstars. In fact, the superstars point to the great shining star, Jesus. Anyone who has a mic, it's to point to him and get out of the way. And that's what heroes who look like Jesus are. And that's what it's really all about is to get you engaged into the team. And so when we say dream team, we use language like membership and volunteer to give context for people. But the truth is membership and volunteering is really shallow for what God wants to do. He's meaning family, connecting to be known and to know. He means for you to intimately belong and help others belong. And so when he's saying purpose and volunteer, he really wants you to use your gifts for, for people's lives. And when we unite on a Sunday, we're doing this because we want people to know that they can find freedom and that pouring and investing in kids isn't babysitting, but we're trying to raise them up that they'll be ready in this world. They're going to get a lot of no's. They're going to want to turn to some things that are really dark. And our, our trust needs to get repaired, and I get it. There's freedom today. Some of us have been so hurt and so worried, and we're going to look at a, a leader's life that is reached in an unlikely moment and definitely has a response that many of us would have. And unfortunately, we probably do have today. And we're looking at Moses' life. And before we do that, I want to go to Shonda Rhimes from Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, there we go. Someone's like, what? Where's, what Bible verse is that? She has this great, great quote I thought was cool. There's a natural tendency for people to be hesitant when asked to do something outside of their comfort zones. The problem is when you do this too often, if your primary response becomes no, you will never discover and test your true limits. The comfort zone will destroy us. It will. We have to get uncomfortable. And Andy Minio, he used this great quote, but art disturbs the comfortable and comforts the disturbed. And I think that's what God does too. He disturbs the comfortable. He does. Where's your comfort? In fact, a lot of times he's not asking for it. He just wants to know that you'll give it. And then where are you feeling so disturbed? He'll comfort that place today. There's some yeses that this article describes with Shonda here. It says, you boost your brain power when you say yes. You slow down the aging process when you say yes. You have less regret when you say yes. So how do we shape and frame what to say no to and what to say yes to? The greatest filters I've found is this. I say yes to God always. I say yes to his people, and I can't know all people across the globe. I say yes to a local people group. I do. I'm here at City Life. I might not know everyone, but, but there's for sure 12 I know, and there's three that I know because Jesus had a very small crowd, and I'm deeply connected like that, and I want to be because 
I, I need it. I have weaknesses. I have blind spots. I have things that I need the closest brothers and sisters around me that we can grow. And then I have one-on-one interactions there. So number one, God. Number two would be his people. And number three would be all people. I think this is sometimes where we, we, we draw the lines. We say, well, it, if they're not a believer, then it's a national border. And eh, wrong. If they're a person, we go let them know no matter where they're at, they're loved. They belong and they have purpose and there's good news in Jesus Christ. And even though they're dead in sin, he can make them brand new and alive. So there's no boundary or no barrier. In fact, that's why Jesus leaves us with the famous last uh, kind of missional command was go therefore and make disciples, right? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, um, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Behold, I am with you always. And before that, he says, I have all the keys to heaven and earth. And so now there's no place that's unholy. There's no place that I didn't dominate for. In fact, everywhere you go, go to find people that are made in my image, let them know and find out if they believe and then disciple them. And so today is twofold. It's a, it's a net, but it's also a discipleship uh, place, a touch point. But if this is your only touch point, you're always going to feel a little empty because you're made for more. Your yes is made for more. The dream team, they showed up this morning. We had a rally. We had a huddle. And we all go around. And it's so fun because they're serving one and they're attending one. They're partaking in that. They're partaking in that rhythm. And I, 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 I know that some of you have been so hurt and so abused by maybe volunteering and so hurt by a yes. But I hope today will be just a, a new day to repair of what God wants to do. And as we look at Moses' life, let's find out how unfit he is to do what he did. So Moses leads the children of Israel out of slavery and bondage under Pharaoh in Egypt. And he has this crazy story. He, in fact, there's a lot of movies about Moses. You know, you got the beard and it's, you, you got the old school video and you think that's what Moses looks like. No, we don't know, right? It's the, but here's what you have. He part of the Red Sea. And what can happen if we're not careful? And you got to get this disclaimer. You can start to think Moses is something cool when really Moses was pointing to Jesus. And it was God that was leading the people departing out of slavery. And so the bondage that we feel today, it's God that wants to lead us out. It's God that can take us somewhere new. And it's God that shows up to Moses' life. And we want to look at how Moses says yes. Check it out. Exodus chapter 3. Now, Exodus chapter 3 is an address. And just like if I was telling you where I live, I would give you my address. But because since I don't want you to know where I live, I'm not giving you my address because you might not be the 12, right? I'm not afraid for you to come over. I just don't, you know, that's how I'm feeling right now. But God, uh, he decided throughout over time, he would give us addresses. But there wasn't always addresses for Bible verses. So you need to know that. Now, as you see this, you might take a screenshot. You might go home and, and, and start to read the Bible and, and get familiar. But an address is not meant to intimidate it's meant to invite. We need to know that. Because there's been times when I don't even know, you know, you know where that address, you know where that verse is. No, I don't, dude. I'm about to Google it, and I'm a pastor. And if you real talk, there's no way you know every verse, too. So chill out. Like, so we need to know that, and we got to unlearn and relearn some new things. The whole point of this was to make it easy and accessible to understand the truth and the word of God. So now we're invited in to Exodus chapter 3. Verse 11 through 14. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? This is, after the, this is right with the burning bush moment. So you have a burning bush that's not being consumed. 
which the fire represents the holiness and the, the consuming of God, that God, when he shows up, he's like a fire and he consumes everything in our life that's not good. I like that. God, let the fire come because I don't want any bit of me. I want all of you. And you have him talking now to Moses and you have the response of Moses to God and this is us today. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, but I will be with you, God's response, and this shall be the sign for you, that I've sent you when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Now here's a few variables that I think should be enough. One, there's a burning bush and you're talking to God. That's enough, right? I'm convinced. He says, I'm going to do something great, and this interaction should have ended. Okay, I'm in. This is crazy. I'm totally game. But just like us, we're so slow to say yes. We need so much persistent. We need so many signs and wonders for God to really get our attention. Nothing's coincidence. In fact, in Romans 1, it says all of creation proves he exists. I met with someone recently, and they said, oh, I don't believe in God. I said, how? You got a lot more work to do than I do. It's insane. There's order everywhere. This is, this is some huge story. I mean, even before I knew Jesus, I was definitely thinking there's something bigger than me. I mean, I don't know how it all came about, and we can have questions late night as we're talking about these things. Yeah, we can do that. Listening to Beastie Boys with my friend talking, did we come from aliens? Did we not? I could think about it. Still remember it, but I think those conversations were, were just responses to what was obvious, that God is real. And then how do we connect with God? And that's where Jesus, I believe, stands alone. Because he's the only one that says, I did it for you. I'm the one who's taken you out. Not based on what you did, but everything of who I am and what I did. So I would think Moses should be able to say yes in just a second. But in fact, he gives four, four, four excuses to God. This is exactly how we respond to God. And then Moses says to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of the fathers has sent me, and they ask, what is his name? What shall I tell them? And God says, I am who I am. Quit trying to offend God. I love, there's this uh, one video, spoken word artist, propaganda, hip-hop artist, everything you want to say, but in the spoken word, he says, just, he says, the Bible's like a lion, like, let him out the cage, you know, just like, just let him out. God is who he is. Just let him out. He, he is who he is. There's order everywhere. The fact that right now we're existing, comprehending, having conversations. Our soul longs for something more. We cry when people die. We're meant to live forever. This isn't some chance or cosmos experiment. It's, it's a divine plan. There is an intelligent creator. And God is who he is. He needs no bio today. And he said this, and say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Leadership goes on, and then in Exodus 4, Moses answers, But behold, they will not believe me or listen to me with my voice, for they will say, The Lord did not appear to you. The Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? And he said, A staff. And he said, Throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground, and it became a serpent, and Moses ran from it. But the Lord said to Moses, Put your hand and catch it by the tail. I think it's so, just so interesting that the language, it's a serpent, staff, the shepherd, Jesus, the great story, the garden. It's all one story, and hopefully you'll see how that's all tied here at the end. 
So he put his out his hand and he caught it and it became a staff in his hand that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Now those are some names that you might not know. But what that means is the promise from old is still the promise of today. And it's the promise of forever. Now you could maybe even rationalize and reason that the reason Moses is saying no to God is because he has trust issues. To know a little bit of Moses' story was he was born in a time when all the males were sent by Pharaoh to die. Because Pharaoh, the regime had changed. Joseph used to be with Pharaoh in the king's court and, and, and had favor. And so the children of Israel had favor. But now that no longer is the setting anymore, Joseph has died. And things have changed to the point to where you have... Israel growing everywhere, and now Pharaoh says this, uh, yeah, these people are getting strong. They might overthrow us. Uh, we're going to stop them from growing, kill all the males, kill them all. Because power, that's what this is really all about, right? Power trip. Does God have power? Does Pharaoh have power? Does Moses have power? Did the people have power? And ultimately, God shows he has power in our lives. Does he have power? Are we playing power trip with God? In these moments, and to justify his trust issues because now he's born in a setting where he should have been killed and he wasn't. He was sent down a river when his family recognized we can't protect him. He's getting bigger and older. We're going to cover him in pitch in this Egyptian family. They find him. They put him in. They raise him up as an Egyptian. And then eventually he starts to get this burden for his people being just totally beat up and let down that he kills one of the Egyptians. And he buries them in the sand. And so Moses is now left and he's in the wilderness hiding 40 years. And you have this interaction now with God. So the backdrop is he's felt abandoned already. He knows what it's like to be adopted. He knows what it's like to feel like I don't fit in. These aren't my people. (laughs) He's committed a murder. So he's on the run. He doesn't want anyone to find out. So for sure his excuses are semi-valid, right? He has trust issues. I get it. Friends, today, your excuses, they might be semi-valid. You have trust issues. It's okay. The I am is still the I am. And when he calls you, he still says, what's in your hand? Come on, I got you. In fact, this reminds me of a story that I have to tell you about. It's my first kiss with Crystal. Can I share that? What are you laughing about, Jerome? We had our first kiss, buddy. It's fine. We were talking on the phone for about three months, and we were doing the late night 2 a.m. thing. And in my mind, that thought, I thought, you talk to a girl at 2 in the morning, she likes you. Fair? Fair? I mean, somebody's tracking with this reason. Guys, fair? 2 in the morning? Fair, okay? We can kind of do this as a debate. And then she's she's talking to me till 2 in the morning. She thinks, oh, he's just my friend. (laughs) What? This relationship tip, bonus, pro tip. He's my friend. We just talked. Super dumb. Super dumb. Okay, it's fine. Another session. How, how to know when and who is the, the right one for you. So I'm walking through that. But I'd watched this movie Hitch. And so Will Smith Hitch. I wanted to make sure I kept my swagger level on super high. I can't show all my cards. So I knew I didn't want to do the, you know, the, the slide the note across the table. Do you like me? Yes, no. And I'd be like, yeah. I wanted to do the thing where... Like, I'm not even going to tell you because we like each other. And then eventually, I'm just going to try to kiss you, and it's going to be awesome, right? And that's what I had in my mind. 
so we go to the movies. We've been talking for a few months, and we go to Van Helsing, which for sure has to be the worst movie ever. It horrible. She said she liked it. I'm sitting there thinking, I don't even know if she likes me. We spent this money on this thing. I'm sitting here for two hours. I'm gonna go, I have to go to the restroom. I'm gonna go to the restroom. Well, I find one of my friends in the hallway. We're talking too long. She's in the, it's totally bad. I know, don't follow this. But I, she's, where are you been? I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. And because uh, I was wrestling, like, does she really even like me? And I'm like, today's the day. I'm gonna go in for a kiss, okay? We've been talking long enough. We get in the car. And she's like, all right, let's go. Let's go to my house. And all of her family was in town, and they lived on Clemens Street on the east side over by Walsh Park and real, real tiny home, the dead end of Clemens. And they had tons of family in there. Everyone speaks Spanish, and so I, to say the least, I don't really fit in. Um, I can eat chile, and so they kind of got the pass from that. They're like, oh, gringo, eat chile. You know what I mean? I'll eat chile, but that's about where it began and ended. So here we are. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, totally, you know, you're, ner- you're nervous. Your heart's beating. Like, it's just beating. And so I go over, though, to try to kiss her. And here's what she does. She's in the pasture. She goes like this. And so I'm past the halfway mark. So if this is the half, you know, this is center council. I'm here, but I'm recognizing I have to keep going here. Either, because I'm so far. Okay, this is crazy, but this kind of hurt me. I was so far that I realized either she has to push me away or I just got to keep going. And I went, and I, she gave me a peck, and we ended, and she goes, let's go to Krispy Kreme. Because the sign was still open at Eastwood Town Center. I was like, yeah, she okay? What is this? We were talking at 2 in the morning. I'm thinking this. So we go to Krispy Kreme, get the donuts. Don't even bring it up. I, I still keep in my hitch swag, so I didn't want to say, like, did you kind of, like, reject it? What happened here? Why do you still want to hang out with me if you didn't want to? Whatever. And so we hang out. The night's great. She walks me to my car and she uh, gives me a real kiss. And I said, well, what, what happened in the car? She said, well, I didn't know you liked me. Okay, that's a separate topic. But you didn't know that for the last two hours, I've been dealing with all the trust issues of when I got my heart broken. And so to keep my swagger up, and now I don't want to sound like I'm the victim. I'm also guilty. I broke hearts. But has anybody who knows has gotten their heart broken or been hurt or abandoned and in some way setting? We all have that. We could show, pull out your scars, right? You know that you have trust issues. And so Moses has trust issues, but I hope that you'll find this, that it doesn't even matter with your trust issues. God will still make a way. He says, no, I'm not trying to ask you to, to have something you don't have. Look what's in your hand. I'm not trying to use something. In fact, it goes on to continue. You see in Exodus 4, Moses says this. He says to the Lord, oh, my Lord. He gives him even more excuses. After he's seen the sign, he's seen these things, he's dealing with God. God is so great and so powerful, and he's still being El Wimpo. When I read it, sometimes I want to say that. But then when I remember my life, I think, oh, why have I been El Wimpo many times? Because I was hurt. God had to convince me. God's gentle today. He wants your yes bad. He does. He, he needs your signature. He doesn't force it. He, he wants, your, he wants your, your signature. And this becomes... The excuse, I think, that uh, is just so beautiful because now God's going to enter a teammate into the setting. That you and me are never meant to live this life alone. We really are better together. I think God already had this in in mind. He already had this play in mind. He just wanted Moses to go in faith and he was going to work it out. Parents know this. It is super annoying to tell your kid how and the what for everything. Can you just, you know, all the moment, you just listen, dude. This is going to be better for you, you know. And, but, but, but God is so patient. He's giving them the why. I want to get my 
people out. He's giving them the how, the what, and he's dealing with his, his obstacles. And Moses says, I'm not an eloquent speaker, either in the past or since uh, spoken to your servant, but I'm slow of speech and tongue. So he's hoping this is the deal breaker. You don't want to use me, God, because do you know how bad I am? Is that someone here today? You don't want to use me, God. Do you know how bad I am? God doesn't call the qualified. He equips the called. He calls the unqualified because he will get the credit. And God wants to get the credit in our lives today. He really does. He wants it. Now, therefore, go and I will be your... And then, uh, and then here's what the Lord says to him. Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute, deaf, seen, or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now, therefore, go and I will be your mouth and teach what you shall speak. But he said, oh, Lord, please send somebody else. Please. Then the anger of the Lord... I, I think that should have happened a long time ago, but I love how patient God is. The anger of the Lord was kindled, and this is a a deserving anger. So if you've ever seen justice executed well, this is what this looks like. He's a good father that disciplines, and he disciplines because he's, look, look, Moses, your life is going to free many people's lives. And it's not about you because one day I'm going to send my son the greater form of you for the greater exodus, the greater departure, that it's not just about the children of Israel, but it's about all people. In fact, I'm going to save Egypt too. But I got to do this right now. So my ways are higher. You're really frustrating me. But whap, you know, boy, you got to listen. No, that's not how it went down. But people are really struggling with that. I had a girl at this last service. She was just crying. She said, thank you that I can come to City Life. This is the first time I've been able to just sit and feel like I'm not forced to, to, to believe God. I was like, oh, that's neat. Yeah, you're for sure not forced. If you're not compelled, then no, I just, I'm so grateful that I can just come and sit and consider and just crying because I felt like I was forced my whole life. I was, oh, wow. Man, he's gentle. He's patient. He's romantic. Erogenous, you know. He's got hitch game. Um, <laughs> then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses and said, is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he's coming out to meet you, and when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put his words in his mouth, and I will be your mouth and his mouth, and will teach you both what to do. He shall speak for you to the people, and he shall be your mouth, and you shall be as God to him, because Moses isn't God. He's a representative, a representation, a type of placement of Jesus God in this moment, and take in your hand the staff of which you shall do the signs. What he's basically saying, all your objections I've got covered. So let's just stop. Let's go. Then he goes on to go, he parts the Red Sea, and he does all this stuff. But I think this moment of this leadership insight that we have, this snapshot into the yes and the no, is profound. That God is pushing through the obstacles. And as we look at Moses' life and we watch those, you know, the movies, Exodus, we watch that. Here's what Moses really wanted us to learn in John chapter 5. Here's how the yes played out eventually. It said, Moses, uh, Jesus says, for if you believed Moses, you would have believed me, for he wrote of me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? If you want to experience the Bible as an adventure, has anybody ever gotten confused when they read the Bible? So commentary is good. It helps us. Uh, people in community help us. Writings and, and language, understanding, all that helps us. But one of the greatest tips for, let me just rephrase it, the greatest tip 
is that it's all about Jesus. In fact, when he raises from the dead, he has a Bible study and he starts showing how all the scriptures point to him. All of it's about Jesus. So how, how is the story of Exodus about Jesus, Jerome? Well, here's how the story about, is about Jesus because God saw his people in bondage and he sent a savior, a type, to help them with the power that only comes from him, which was Moses for that particular moment, that they escaped the inevitable. They escaped, you know, the penalty. They escaped the bondage, and they got out to the promised land that one day the city that is for them, but because of Jesus' sacrifice, us in bondage, that when we, we start to escape, that one day we're free. And here's the thing. It's all new in him. There's not even the wandering anymore. There's not the wilderness. There's not the wonder. Like, where, God, you have for me? It's all fulfilled, the yes in Jesus. In fact, in Hebrews 3, this is really neat because even though we talked about Moses as El Wimpo, he was actually El Faithful. He was. Because your mistakes will not be how you're remembered by when your faith's in Jesus. Somebody needs to hear that again. Your mistakes will not be what you're remembered by when your faith is in Jesus. Which one's greater, your mistake or his grace? Which one? Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. But no, no. Do we believe that walking with that? Thank you, God. Man, I know my sin is ever before him. That's why the song we're going to close with in just a minute, thinking that he drowns out my sin. Underneath the oceans, it's like underneath the salt, it's gone. And that my hallelujah can be so loud. And hallelujah, what does that mean? My highest praise that he set me free. Hebrews 3, it says, Therefore, holy brothers, you share in it a heavenly calling, like Moses, to say yes. So consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest for our confession, who was faithful to him who has appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in all of God's house. How is Moses faithful? One of the last examples we see of Moses, he hits a rock and he disobeys God on how to help the people and then he doesn't get to enter the promised land because he was not remembered by that mistake. He was still a part of something bigger than themselves. This is an ancient story, my friends. It's bigger than our life. We've got to think generational. It's outside of us. And one of the greatest statements that we could ever be remembered by is to be faithful, to, to, to consider Jesus, to point to him, to be a servant. And let Jesus get all the worth for Moses was faithful to him who had pointed him just as uh, Moses was faithful in all of God's house for Jesus had been counted worthy of more glory than Moses as much more glory as a builder of a house has more honor than the house itself for every house is built by someone but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all of God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were spoken later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. Get this, lean in here. And we are his house. Indeed, if we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope, and this is how in Jesus it really is always yes. And I, I pray, this would be my prayer, that we see through the insecurity of Moses, the doubt and the worry, the fear, the trust issues, that we still recognize that now we're in a day that Moses longed for, all of the greatest prophets longed for, that we could have the opportunity to be in Jesus. I pray maybe there's a reset day today. Reset first 
Man, if you don't know Jesus, give your life to him. It's that easy. It's that simple. And God, I believe in you. I don't understand it all, but I'm going to walk with you now. I'm putting my trust in you, Jesus, alone. But, but two, for people here that comfortable has become the norm. That comfort doesn't have to be the norm. And where does it start? I think we always want to know, what do I have to do to be uncomfortable? No, no, no. I think the most uncomfortable thing you can do is sign up when nobody's looking. Sign up in your heart. Because, because God is calling you. Will you say yes? He wasn't just calling Moses. God is calling you. Everyone plays in the team of God. Everyone has a role. Everyone has an opportunity. Everybody. The coolest reason of why God was calling Moses was because he cared about the people. Look at this in Exodus 2. So during those days, the king of Egypt died and the people of Israel groaned. So this is the backdrop to the story. Because of their slavery and cried for help. The cry for rescue from slavery came up to God. I would imagine when they were in slavery, they wondered, God, why are you silent? If God is saying a no to us today, he has a yes involved. He has a greater plan. And God heard from their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, with Jacob. And God saw the people of Israel and God knew. See this. God heard, God remembered, God saw, and God knew. God still today hears, he remembers, he sees, and he knows you. He hears our cries, he does. He's faithful, he's coming back. He will reconcile all things. And as we close in worship, will you consider this question that God is calling you and what will you say? You can take time and be patient in this series by all means, for real. The goal is by November 18th, you would in some capacity maybe find your position and your frequency of how we could play together and how we could be in community together. And if you're in another community, then keep doing that. But, but we need to vest, we need to root, we need to sign up, we need to go deeper. We're not into width impact, we want depth. And, and that's what we're believing in. And that comes with, with being known and, and belonging. And we're hoping that people will say yes. And we're going to make information clear. We're going to give you brochures that you can see, roles that you can connect to, uh, how your personality gifting could, could play out. And, and uh, it really is a journey more than it is just a destination that God's into the growth and he's into the process more than he's just in the finished product. So he wants us on this rhythm. He wants us in this path. He really does. He's so, so good. But maybe in these early weeks of this series, our prayer and our yeses would be so loud that then when we go do, we've solidified all the insecurities in our heart and all the trust and all the worries. So will you be bold enough to stand with me and let God examine our hearts? And we're going to close in worship. And we're going to sing. And and, and as Carla sings, she said, this song has been ministering to her in this season. And... I thought that was a cool perspective because when I say yes, I'm not just saying yes to, to God and my preferences. I'm saying yes to the team. I'm saying yes to the squad. And so Carla loves this song. And so I started to be like, well, I love this song. Why does she love this song? Oh, I get it because it drowns our sins and the hallelujah. And it's so, so powerful to think about that perspective, right? And uh, so let's sing with passion, but let's pray with desperation to say, God, take my life. I'm saying yes.
for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelancing.com. You belong here.